I'm Steve Turton. This is another instalment of my Conversations with the Pope podcast. Not going to lie, it was a bit of a battleless episode on what felt like the quietest sports week since lockdown. We got into it though, had a good gab about the Wild West that is betting on charity golf matches. Won't be doing that again anytime soon. We say goodbye to the last dance with a deep dive into flu game, Jordan's List, Larry Bird lookalikes and that pizza. We go head to head on Masvidal McGregor. You know the gambling action's thin when you're striking up bets on UFC fights that haven't even been made yet. Over the street, we ask what the fuck is boxing playing at with Mike Tyson's comeback talk and Eddie Hearn building a ring in his Alfella's garden. There's a ton of fun sound as usual, everything from Brookside to betting stories from disgraced baseballer Pete Rose. There's also a very special Michael Douglas impression from one of my uncles. That will hopefully become a running feature. Get involved with us over on Instagram at my convos with the Pope. If you're enjoying mine and Popey's weekly sports ramblings, remember to tell your mates or give us a nod on your social media pages. It's the easiest way for a pair of lazy-ass tech bulbs like me and him to grow. Nice one again for tuning in. Honestly means a lot. Enjoy the show. I'm actually just watching him, lad. Knocking golf balls for the dog in the garden. It's... It's the ugliest, strangest golf swing you've ever seen. Well, yeah, it always has been, really, yeah. But I think you, you're not one to call, are you, when it comes to the golf swings, in all fairness, like, as we talked last week. Well, I think we'll get on to that a bit later, really, with Matthew Wolf. Seen his swing? Oh, he's a mess, isn't he, yeah? Modern-day Jim Furyk. Wow, I've never seen anything like it. Modern-day Jim Furyk without the guts. <laughs> without the bottle, clearly. <laughs> Oh, what's all this about the next Tiger Woods? You've uh, seen changing opinion on him, mate. Didn't take much. No, it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great start, was it, to my uh, life back in the new Tiger, Matthew Wolf? Oh, are you mate? You sound a bit subdued. Yeah, I'm out of sorts, lad. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to carry this today, I think. As per usual. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, more so than ever. I reckon today. <laughs> so while you're out of sorts, then what's up? Well, what's I'm. Up with you? Well, I'm reporting. I'm broadcasting, shall we say, from a literal wasps den at the moment. We've got like a uh, pest control problem with wasps coming into the living room. Oh, wow. You could say it's a hive of activity. <laughs> Not if you're judging on this, on our call, on our show. So what's... Hang on a minute. So I'm guessing where is the wasps nest outside? Yeah, the management in the house? They're coming in through an air brick, apparently. You're having to stay out of the living room then? No, I'm in the living room, lad. I'm in the living room. There's not been... There was about 25 scuttled through yesterday um, and they're in the process of swarming, we've been told, by uh, by the local Saxondale. <laughs> well, Hale Village is very on Saxondale, yeah? Yeah, he said we've got uh, we've got 48 not hours. Human. Basically got to sweat it out for 48 hours yet and hopefully they'll fuck off. They're basically trying to find a hive. Or a, is it a hive, colony, nest, whatever, I don't know what the fuck wasps do. But they're just trying to, like, scout a place, so they found our, our wall. John's, John's here. <laughs> he's, look, he's looking very Doc Antlier, walking around the garden, like. <laughs> I 
Have you just compared your dog, your dog to an elephant there, yeah? <laughs> Bigger <laughs> ass than Doc Antle, Peggy, I'm telling you. So you quite literally die some with death then sitting in the living room? Why, why, why aren't you sitting in another room in the house? It's the best sound, believe it or not. Is he? Um, right, okay. Maybe if I'm on my wits, if I'm on my edge, you might get a bit more out of me, a bit more life. Seeing as I'm a, a little bit flat this morning, but I am. Um, I, I was apparently. Well, I'm on my bed's dressing table again, <laughs> so uh, it can't be more demeaning than that, I suppose. Well, I've got an extra tip for you there. I was speaking to Boyan yesterday, yeah. who I think he produced a theme tune. You know, I think he mixed that McCabe's bandmate. He reckons duvet over the heads the one you know. So if you wanna. If you want to get involved in that, apparently the news journalists do a report on the telly at the moment, just using sound. They're putting duvets over their heads, over the laptop and whatnot. What, what do you think? Would, would you be down for that? <laughs> so hang on a minute. I'd have to. So I'd, I'd, I'd have the, the duvet covering both the laptop and me. Yeah. Sort of like a little den. Keep the sound in, yeah. Little little wank den. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one can chamber, yeah. <laughs> I think Lou would be confused if she came in on that, like. A sanctuary for the working man, as, uh, as Jimmy Lee has uh, once referred to the disabled toilets in his workhouse. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jimmy Lee, la, fucking hell. Have you spoke to him? Have you spoke to anyone? Or have you not been speaking to people? Uh, <laughs> I'm not as reclusive as you, believe it or not. I've still been getting out and about. Yeah. Respecting all distancing at all times, of course. Um, yeah, I've had a few few gaps with, uh, with the lads through the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't really spoke to Jimmy and Mark a couple of times. These uh, Zoom calls, obviously, are other mates. You wouldn't even entertain a Zoom call with them. They'd be disgusted. The likes of Ted, I've mentioned it to him and a few others. Although I think Moscow's into a Zoom calls actually, but uh, Bundy suggested uh, Bundy jump on one with us, and he was uh, he was appalled, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's not really his bag, that is it. How have you so, been? I'm like a new man to be honest with you, Steve. Um, Dylan, I've, I've very much cried at it on the last episode, obviously. Yeah, I was absolutely. Threatening to throw him over a banister, which is uh, ridiculous in hindsight. Um, he must have been listening in, because, uh, yeah, he's like a, like a new baby. The last the last week, he's sleeping right through. Uh, this morning, what's to the extreme, like this morning and yesterday. He was sleeping through to like half eight. Boss, what uh, you need, from isn't it? Time, which is brilliant. So uh, I think the, uh, the sedative that I'm slipping into his bedtime bottle seems to be working. Bit of a hip now. <laughs> Jerry McCann. Um, <laughs> but no, he's like, a, he's like a new baby, to be honest with you. Good, and, that's uh, good to hear, Pope. You, you sounded at your wit's end with him there. Oh, very much so, yeah. But as such, I feel like a new man myself, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's, the, the sleep is everything, isn't it? Let's be honest. I think so, mate. Yeah, if you sleep, sorry, sleep. Deprived, then you've uh, you fucked, aren't you? Basically, you've been getting out for your clips, been getting out for your runs. No, I've only been twice this week. I've uh, I've had the last couple of days off. It was Lou's birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Lou! So obviously, uh, yeah, an interesting concept birthday in lockdown, but restrictions have been eased slightly by the government. We went to Sefton Park. Yeah, we're walking around the lake, little picnic uh, with the boys. Took a footy with uh, for Louis, yeah. And it was, it was nice, nice to just get out for a few hours, to be honest with you. I was that lad. Uh, I, I was the crowd. Because I've heard Sefton Park's been one of the hot spots, like, busy-wise, hasn't it? Numbers-wise. Or was it all right? Oh, you, you'd be in bits, yeah. You'd be... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not for me. What's a sense of paranoia and the germaphobe got your army. Yeah, you'd be... You'd crumble. You'd be in absolute bits. 
Um, so certainly not for you if, you, if you're entertaining it, which I'm sure you're not. But no, it was sound. It was all right. It was busy. It was ridiculous. Like, you wouldn't think there was a pandemic going on. But at the same time, I, 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 well, I found that everyone was respectful enough and keeping the distance. Like, there wasn't anyone sort of brushing past you. So I think everyone was sort of mindful of the fact that we are in a, a pandemic. Yeah. We're in a, a, lockdown like so it wasn't too bad to be honest with you it's just for the boys it was good to get out of course uh, lad of course this is it isn't it and it ties them out as well which is a uh, which is a bit of a bonus to be honest with you it's the mental health side of things isn't it lad you know it is you've got to I get them so, out yeah. i'd just be cooped up in the house like no which is uh, I'd, I'd, I'd seen that you'd uh you'd man- managed to escape the four walls uh, i don't know whether that was anything to do with the wasp wasp attack or wasp invasion but I'd seen you, you, you've been getting out going for a jog, is that right? Getting I've been out, out of, yeah, I get jogging, lad, I get jogging, no problem with that, as long as I can breeze past you. I am, you might be quite shocked to hear I'm weighing up London, to be honest with you, for a for an extended period, rekindling oh, with wow. the missus, yeah, down there, so uh, I can imagine that's that's not something you'd be expecting, Popey, me to get right in the belly of the beast as it was. <laughs> so how do you plan on getting early? It'd probably have to be taxi with my uncle, R. Allen, You're Alan. a.k.a. Michael Douglas. I wonder if we can slip a bit of his Michael Douglas impersonations in there, lad. I'd like to think so. He got a mention on the uh, on the show last week, didn't he? Rightly so. Long overdue. Yeah. Uh, it could be, yes, yeah, sure, Alan, actually. Just, just roll off various different impressions. Hi, Steve. It's uh, your old friend here. I'm uh, currently uh, in Gloucestershire, uh, waiting to... Uh, the start of uh, the Cheltenham Festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's plenty going on here. There's plenty of fillies. Oh, yeah. And there's uh, there's a couple of, uh, should we say, rides that I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. And Catherine Zeta, too. She likes the, uh, she likes the look of a couple of the stallions in the, in the, uh, in the paddock. Oh, yeah. Gets us all kind of frisky, yeah. So uh, I think I might, uh, should I say, ride a winner later on. Oh yeah, Steve. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a great day. Oh yeah, you take care now. Thank you. And vote Bloomberg for fuck's sake. I answer to uh, to Darren Farley. Yeah, he's a put better, better content, better oh, material. I'd say. I think so, yeah, yeah. Not as one-dimensional. Yeah, I'm weighing it up, lad. I'm weighing it up because it's, it's been three months and it's a bit crazy, isn't it? Like, to not see your missus for, for that long. So, we're going to see. But you're not enjoying it, to be honest with you. Three, three months away from the missus. It sounds like blitz to me. Like. You say that. You, you, you say that, but, you know, there's, there's elements, obviously, you miss, isn't there? Of course. But I'm going into yeah, specifics. Is there? No, I don't know. <laughs> You've got the internet, haven't you? <laughs> Tommy's bookmarks, the hun. <laughs> I say that with so so much authority and, and confidence about spending time away from your missus, knowing that she doesn't listen to the podcast. If she actually listens to the podcast, it may be a different story. Well, yeah, we had to spoke for a week and we, we've rekindled, we had a nice little conversation and cleared the air earlier in the week. And uh, So we're talking at the moment, but I'm just concerned that she might dip into last week's episode and I think there'll be a bit of backlash <laughs> from that Donald Trump carry-on. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few uh, few comments about your uh, your Donald Trump uh, impersonations. All 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 good, all good, of course, all very positive. Okay, good. Well, that's, uh, that's not too bad. We- it was good fun, lad. It was good fun last week, and I feel like this week, I feel like there's not a lot to go at this week, lad. Sports wise, 
I've been having a look. I've been checking the news. How much was backtrack slightly to last week, eh? I think there was plenty of sport last week. And, there was. Uh, I had to concentrate specifically on... I think there was some sort of... Last Sunday that you, you put a selection up. I did. It's, also, I'm, I'm guessing that... that uh, that was a winning bet, was it? No, no, no. No, it wasn't. Oh, I, su- wow. okay. I, I suppose I've got to talk about it. I, I, I'd rather not, to be honest with you. Sounds like therapy, this, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You get what you deserve, don't you? If you're going to bet on a charity golf match, then you've got to take everything that goes with that. I don't know if you... Did you see the result yourself? Did you have a little look into how it panned out, Popey? No. Watch the highlights, yeah. Obviously, I checked the results. Uh, didn't, didn't actually watch it in its entirety. Yeah, pretty shocked really that you couldn't get a seven to four home because you'd think if you put a seven to four shot up, then it's pretty much got to be a banker. Um, so I was quite surprised to be honest with you, Stephen. Uh, after well, your uh, to eleven the week before. I mean, I think they won more holes, my lads. Unfortunately, once it got to the eighteenth hole, I think uh, my boys Fowler and Wolf were four hundred and fifty grand up in the pot. But yeah, the, the skins were rolling over. So it was a six-skin, 1.1 million rollover that they decided to play nearest the hole on the 17th hole to decide it. What do you mean they decided this wasn't in place beforehand? They just decided whilst they were playing? So Seminole is a proper traditional golf course and apparently you've got to be off the course. No exceptions. It's the, it, this is the first time it's been broadcast, by the way, a, a match from Seminole. You've got to be off the course by six o'clock by all accounts. So it was apparently in place. If they hadn't finished by six o'clock, then it would be a nearest the pin to decide it. Always read the uh, small. Yeah. Always read the small print, Popey. Unfortunately, the broadcast itself, lad, was fucking bonkers. Like, because I'm going to be working for you. I'm not going to have time to go play golf. And believe me, I love golf. I think it's one of the greats. But I don't have time. Two hundred and fifty rounds. That's more than a guy who plays on the PGA Tour plays. Obama ought to get off the golf course and get down there. Everything's executive order because he doesn't have enough time because he's playing so much golf. He doesn't have enough time to convince Congress to do it. So I have the greatest stuff. But you know what? And I love golf. But if I were in the White House, I don't think I'd ever see Turnberry again. I just want to stay in the White House and work my ass off. President Trump for the birdie. And I like to play golf. You know, I'm a good golfer, believe it or not. Bill Murray was on Skype eating an orange at one point. Donald Trump checked in, talking about China. Seriously? Wow. Okay. There's there's not bigger things going on in the world. Donald Trump's found the time to Skype in to a charity golf match. Absolutely brilliant. Well, he was just rambling. He was talking about how how great it is to have golf back. A little bit like the sound clip we put up last week of him talking about the UFC, but... He was going on about how much we need crowds. It's not sports if we don't have full crowds. We want people on top of each other. Fucking. <laughs> 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 Were they the exact words he used? Something like that. Yeah, we want we want really busy crowds. You know, it's not sports unless it's unless it's heaving sort of thing. I um, rambled oh, wow. a little bit about about China, about the World Health Organization not giving America enough warnings. It's not really what you need on a gentle Sunday night watch. No, not really. No, it's a bit intense. Like, yeah, he's clearly not following the science. All our government keep harping on about is how they're being led by the science. I wouldn't say uh, oh, Donald Trump's doing the same thing if he's uh, if he's wanting crowds back. Is, is, did he give any sort of time scale or time? Soon as soon as possible. Or? Soon as possible, he's after, isn't he? Well, yeah, he, he, the science. He's burying the science, isn't he? At the moment, so seeing uh, Al Fauci's, he's, he's been on the bench, isn't he? Very much been sat down. 
his go-to guy at the start, I think he's got a little bit too too big for his size fives, hasn't he, unfortunately, Fauci? What's the case if you with 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 Donald Trump as is the case with any sort of dictator is uh, if you don't agree with them then that's it yeah yeah you, uh, you bet. Do you know what to be honest with you lad? I, I did quite enjoy having sport back. I did quite enjoy having golf back. It was it was nice to have one of them sweaty Sundays to lose Nina Stepin. And to be honest with you lad, they didn't even get the tape measure out at the end. They said Rory was close to me lad. Yeah, when I see it, it looks very close. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure if Wolf wasn't closer. You know, Rory was playing the pin eye card, wasn't he? Uh, close enough to, uh, to, to at least measure it like. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't a Pete Rose. I- I've lost bets in worse ways. I think it wasn't a-, a deer coming out and running your horse off the track like our Pete Rose, <laughs> but it was a tough one to swallow, lad. 11, <laughs> 11 o'clock Sunday night, nearest the pin to decide it. Fuck it now. Uh, you know, you have bad beats in horse racing. You know, when you're six in front, I was in six in th- I had a horse six in front one night at Latonia, which is a track in Cincinnati. And that damn deer ran out of woods and knocked my jockey <laughs> off the horse. That's hilarious. That's the guy's on the street, guys. A deer ran out of the damn woods and knocked the horse jockey off the damn horse. How much was your How much was your horse winning by? And he was he was six and a half in front going down the backside. This and they put a this and they put a wall up at the track now. The deers can't get on the track. They changed the rules because of your bad I mean, beat. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what? I bet on a duck one time and a some bitch would drown. <laughs> do you feel do you feel a sense of guilt at all for putting it up as a pick and, and knowing people would have got stuck in it as shorter prices seven to four? They would have obviously gone in at a higher stake. And therefore lost their, their hard-earned money. Listen, you put a tip up. Obviously, if it loses, it loses. If it wins, it wins. We've seen the week before with Pettis, he scraped home. I feel like this was the flip reverse of it. I felt like Wolf and Fowler were the better pick. They were the better team. Dustin Johnson was shite. He, there was no caddies, was there? He didn't even know how to carry his bag properly. He had it on the wrong arm, <laughs> over his shoulder. Looked like Bundy coming down fucking Southport Municipal. Just dragging it along the floor, basically. There's a, what was it gonna, did you get stuck in, like? Did you have, you don't have to uh, uh, it, slow down. It was a two, it, I had a, uh, yeah, I had a couple of hundred on it, to be honest with you. So I thought it was a really good pick, Pope. I thought it was really good value. They, they were a college team who played together through college. I mean, Dustin and Rory are kind of rivals, aren't they? You'd think they, they're duking it out more than, more than they mm-hmm. are partners and on the same team. So... A bit like Scotty Pippen, I, I wouldn't do anything differently if we'd done the show again last week. I think seven to four was a was a good tip, but ultimately I'm going to get some backlash for it, as you, as you're demonstrating right now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you think I'd be a bit more supportive, really, yeah? Because ultimately, the, the more sorts of winning tips we put up, you'd think the more successful we'd be as a show. But yeah, that, that's unfortunately that's not the case. I can't can't deny that I had a wry smile on my face when it seeing the results and watch the highlights the next the next morning. I was actually thinking, because I know in an earlier episode of the podcast, you mentioned that um, you'd rather us remain for as long as possible a cult show rather than, than obviously having lots of listeners and, and, and being successful in, in those terms. Um, so I didn't know whether it was an act of sabotage, really, because I know obviously you've talked about privatising the Instagram page and uh, whether you were purposely putting stupid short select short price selections up knowing that the uh he wouldn't win so i didn't know whether it was an act of sabotage or whether it was just a, a genuinely bad bet i think we're doing enough of that with our material aren't we to sabotage it i reckon pope to sabotage growth 
<laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, I'd say, on that front, has, has there been much of, a, of any growth this No, this not much, this lad. Less. I think we've had less numbers since the Instagram started. I think we've had less podcast listeners. I think, if anything, it's detrimental. <laughs> To our... The novelty is well and truly wore off, are So we get less and less listens each week. I believe so, yeah. I believe so. But um, <laughs> I'm going to take that up with Captivate and we'll, we'll go from there. I think, they, I think they've been duking the stats for us early to get our 15 quid a month, to be honest with you, <laughs> to host a podcast. Yeah. So what are you, so, so when, when a podcast goes out, you send it on to me, I send it to about 10 people, which yeah. is great. And ask them to pass it on as well. You put it on the Instagram page. Is that it? Do you do anything else? Not loads. A little bit of Twitter, but me, um, as Silvio Dante says in The Sopranos, me, me hands are thalidomide when it comes to Twitter. Like it's, uh, I haven't got much reach over there on Twitter, unfortunately. So yeah, I, I need to, I need to put a bit more a bit more effort in, lad. I think you're meant to put them in, you know, sports forums and chat rooms and shit like that, you know. But. I, I'm just, I'm not Don King, lad. I'm not a great self-promoter. I thought, I thought we were half popular, though, lad. Just through our mates and family and, and extended sort of social circles and family members and what have you. I thought we would have been better than what we were like, but no, maybe, maybe I'm delusional. I think, it's been a, I think it's been a, an illusion and a delusion, yeah, Popey, unfortunately. Oh, what are you doing? And laugh, oh, yeah, yeah. But you can have a laugh in public lunch. Oh. Selfish, That's a bit dangerous, isn't it? In an office. If you wanna wanna work, maybe you should work. As it's quarter past two. Yeah, alright. We're just finishing off. Yeah, we're just finishing off. Just want to be popular as the new boss. Oh, love me, pathetic. Um. We'll carry on. Listen, it's entertaining me. I think I think we're quite a way off from our big sponsorship deal that you're in it for. Yeah, that's very much a pipe dream. Yeah, and as, as David Brent says, pipe dreams are good. Yeah, keep up the doodling. So uh, I think we'll uh, I think we'll continue to do so. Eh? I think so. I think so. Um, it's funny. Just it's funny that you mentioned Ted there on the golf course. I don't know whether you've been monitoring the uh, traffic on our society WhatsApp group, but we've uh, we've got a, a bank holiday Monday four ball. So I'm told, yeah. Yeah, so me, Moscow, Evo, and apparently Ted's getting involved as well. Which Brilliant. Is, which is so um, I think the only time you see North Face on a golf course is when Ted's playing. I don't know, you know, it's a bit of a regular on Alec, not it used to be, before they, uh, before they spruced it up, before old Fletcher. I don't know, you know, I don't know, North Face like, yeah, so it's, uh, it's certainly not, not something you'd expect to see on the... Uh, the first year prize, eh, put it that way. Who's the, bet, who's the betting favourite there, Popey, or is it a bit of a bit of a level playing field with nobody playing competitively over the last few months? Yeah, I've got fancy my chances, yeah. I'd probably say I'm the favourite. Yeah, so it's you, Bundy. Most said, not much competition there. Dave was good, to be fair, but apparently Dave has been playing quite a bit, so his handicap's down. Obviously, it's a handicap sport, so I think he's given me about five or six shots. I'll have to check his handicap. I just wanted to say, do you remember? Because I was thinking about Bundy. Go on. But, he's affectionately known. Do you ever remember? Were you there in Southport for his first society game? When his strap broke on the first? <laughs> I think I was, but I think I was playing down the field. I think I was playing in it, <laughs> in the top end of the, the tournament. So he's turned up in his one tens and his North Face t shirts and whatever else, like, which is fine because it's, it's Southport Municipal, like, so it's, there's not much too fucking twattery or snobbery going on, like, for no. the members. 
Yeah, I remember, lad. He had a strap and it broke. I'm sure it was on the first hole and it broke. So then basically he tried unsuccessfully to carry it round by the handle, like his toolbox for a few holes. That was too hard for him. So I think he had it in a barrel at one stage, just shuffling down the fairway. I think it was the fifth, trying to carry the handle. And then it, it, when, it, when all else failed, he literally got one end of the strap, which was which was still intact, clicked it to the bag. <laughs> he was just, for the remaining 13 holes or so, he was dragging his bag around Southport near the simple. Like a like reindeer dragging a sleigh. <laughs> like a dead body. Like a corpse, oh, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's his case, like dragging a corpse around in a body bag, basically, yeah. It's not what you need, is it? You know, you, you've you got plans of your afternoon when you go out and play golf for your, for your strap to break on the first hole. <laughs> Not to drag your clubs around for three yeah, hours. Six of a dollar, lad. You'll never see again, honestly. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, he's, he's fucking fantastic, isn't he? he? I remember our Craig was just was just an absolute bit. He'd never seen anything like it. He would literally come over to me and he had tears rolling down his cheek. <laughs> anything like him on the golf course or elsewhere to that matter but I was thinking about uh, possibly adopting uh, your Peggy's approach when I play Monday do you think it might be wise to go with the R2 gloves possibly possibly yeah Tommy 2 gloves I was thinking of him yeah Tommy 2 gloves gainy yeah where's he uh, going have you heard about him by the way no what's uh, what's the options of other
I haven't given much thought, to be honest with you. I might, might watch it, but I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not into all this fucking charity golf matches and skins and all that. Carry on. Um, obviously, I'll get involved in the big PGA Tour events and the, uh, the majors, but I appreciate, obviously, it's slim pickings at the minute with sports, so you've just sort of got to take what you're, uh, what you're given. Well, this is it, lad, and I'm, I'm, glad they're raising, I'm glad they're raising money. You know, they're doing a good thing, and if you can, if you can get an angle, God bless you, because... Pfft, it's tough out there, lad, these charity games. I think these are playing four ball, better ball, like last Sunday's was. And then on the back nine, it's alternating shots. So how you can get an angle on a couple of fucking former NFL players pairing up with them, uh, it's, it's our graft. Yeah, <clears throat> we touched on it, didn't we, last week? The, 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 not the best selection of partners in, in Brady and Manning, obviously. I think we said, didn't we, Rodman and, and Jordan? Mm-hmm. Best show, but- a lot of people have been asking me about the shot the other night. Michael in traffic to come. And there have been some misconceptions about what actually happened. I wanted to clear it up. When we called timeout with 25 seconds to go, we, we went into the huddle. He comes off. I'll be ready. Phil told Michael, he said, Michael, I want you to take the last shot. And Michael said, you know, Phil, I don't feel real comfortable in these situations. So maybe we ought to go in another direction. Why don't we go to Steve? So I thought to myself, well, I guess I got to bail Michael out again. Here's Jordan. Did not have the shot. The shot went in, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. On the subject of Rodman and Jordan, what did you think of the, uh, the last two episodes of The Last Dance? I thought it was excellent, lad. Uh, I mean, it's coming for a little bit of criticism here and there. I don't know, lad. I think it was a pretty good, a pretty good review at the time. I think it captured it really well. I thought episode nine was outstanding, lad. Did you feel a little bit bad after last week's ramblings about Steve Kerr? <laughs> Next week. Next week he's going full of motive over his aisle, fella. <clears throat> to be honest with you, lad, when he was talking about no scholarship and no beards in college, I thought he was talking about your sixth form career there. <laughs> Hang on a minute, lad. I uh, what did I, I passed me uh, me maths, didn't I? Me GCSE maths in uh, the first year of college. Did you get through it? So, so which that... is uh, which is unlike you on the beard front. I don't know, right? Don't know, right? So. Uh, I, I only done it as well or as bad as yourself. What the thoughts? I don't remember you being the lethargic with it with the six form college. I think it was a heavy acne period there. To be honest with you, about about sixteen. Christine Zegar, I remember used to call on you. Too well. I think you're a bit sensitive back then, weren't you? Yeah. I could have been our friendship uh, over there and then. Yeah, when I start, pulled out the Zegar card, like nothing's changed, lad. You throwing horrendous shouts my way, like I got used to it pretty. <laughs> I got used to it pretty quick, as no, it wasn't going anywhere. You know. <laughs> I'd say, but I mean, Steve Kerr, though, we've seen, uh, we've seen first semblance of a, of a personality it is, uh, during his speech at the championship rally. And, Brilliant. Uh, it was decent banter, to be fair. Like, Fantastic shout. Fantastic shout. Even uh, MJ was up in raptures, wasn't he, over there? Yeah, so I'd say first semblance of a uh, personality there from Steve Kerr to realise he had one. But I just think, yeah, nine and ten... So, so the series as a whole, in summary, is obviously for me it's been brilliant, and, yeah. and obviously there's been some 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 potential fallout. But I think that's a long nonsense. I think one of the lads was telling me the other day about the Horace Grant saying it's all bullshit. Yeah. So what? 
Chester said he's won six championships. That's not bullshit. It's in the record books. He's won five MVPs. We're seeing footage of him having these game-winning championship-winning shots. That's not bullshit. I'm saying people portray might be bullshit, but that's it. If you aren't going to be portrayed fondly, obviously there's going to be some sort of resource or backlash to it. But it doesn't mean bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It was just obviously the way it's edited put certain people in a better light than others. But that's, there's always going to be some sort of fallout. Or nine and ten, mate. Obviously, up like the first eight episodes and knowing what I know of Michael Jackson anyway and the name he is and how he always gets referred to as the greatest basketball player. Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson, yeah. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. We've had Tommy Two Gloves, now you're getting the, uh, the non-sclove out. Wow, non-sclove, yeah, we go in there, Jesus. Um, sorry, lost between the thought there, mate. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I was just testing you, just just checking your stuff. I'm listening, yeah, yeah. I haven't nodded off yet, lad. Don't worry. Okay, I do that when we get to the tip of the week, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just thought, obviously, we, we've all heard of him as being the greatest of all time, but I thought he took it to, to a new level completely, episodes 9 and 10. And for me, flu game, as it's referred to, which, which obviously transpired to be food poisoning, I was thinking about this. Would you not say it's, well, for me, certainly it was... Up there is one of the greatest sport achievements of all time. As ridiculous as that sounds, it's a one game, it's a small sample size. To, be, to put up that performance, make when you be suffering from food poisoning, that's like godlike. That's it's incredible. It's incredible. I heard, an, I heard an NFL player talking about it. I think it was a tight end, possibly for the Texans or a, a former tight end for the Texans. And he was saying he had something similar. He was sick as a fucking dog a few years ago. Thinks it thinks it was food poisoning, might have been like a twenty four hour flu, and he was in his head. He was like, "Look, this is my flu game. This is my Michael Jordan." He said <laughs> he had three drops and he spewed up on the on the uh, touchline at half time. Couldn't come back in. So to get through that in basketball, which is such it's such a non stop. How many minutes was it, Popey? Did he have thirty eight, forty minutes, something like? That? Yeah, knocking on forty minutes. Yeah. <sighs> It's insane, isn't it? It's insane. The man's determination to win. I, I do feel, though, I do feel I've been um, tracking down a lot of fallout and a lot of coverage since the last episode. And I did actually listen to uh, an upstate ESPN podcast, of all things. I think it was like an upstate New York one. They reckon yeah. they had the delivery boy on who delivered the pizza. And he Which was, one of them? There was five, apparently, Well, there wasn't. This is the thing, and this is where Horace Grant's thing's coming in, where I, I think a lot of a lot of the stories may have been embellished. He is adamant that there was two people. It was him and a, a part-time driver at the time. It was Pizza Hut as well, so it wasn't this, like, independent joint where he could corrupt the pizza, so to speak. Yeah, but he's going to be paid for his interview, so he'll basically say whatever he, whatever he's told to say, ultimately. He sounded legit. He said, he said, this kid's called Michael. He's a Bulls fan, believe it or not. So he's claiming. So he said it's all bullshit, basically? Basically. He said he wasn't well. He said he must he must have just not been well. He said he went up there. It wasn't two in the morning. It was half ten, because the store doesn't clo- it closed at 11 o'clock. He thought it was bullshit. He prepared the pizza himself. He made bullshit, sure. Excuse the pun, yeah. Yeah, bullshit. Indeed, bullshit. like, yeah. Okay, so, and you made the pizza yourself? Oh, yeah. I was, it was kind of a running joke because I said, hey, let me wash my hands. I'm going to make this pizza because I wasn't on the table. And then, so then after that, for months after that, while I was working there still, everyone's like, well, whatever you do, don't wash your hands. You get someone sick. So it was kind of a running gag. So, so okay, so, the, and there was no indication for any of the ingredients that you put on that pizza that there was anything 
tainted, poisoned, uh, bad in any way, shape? No. Well, I would tell you this. We we obviously delivered lots of, not lots of pizzas, but enough up in Park City at that time frame because there were lots of people still up there. And so we delivered more than enough pizzas. And, of course, when this whole thing happened, I got called by the district manager saying, okay, if one guy got sick, how many others are we going to have to deal with? Uh, and nobody, there were no other reports. Nobody else got sick. In fact, later on, a few years later, I had talked to a few people that had gotten pizza that night too. And who knows how much truth in it, but they're like, no, it was fine. Plus it's a thin and crust, thin crisp pepperoni pizza. It, it's tough to get food poisoning off a of pizza unless you, unless of course, obviously you add something to it, but that didn't happen because it sure as heck didn't leave my hands. There's been a lot of sculpting it to, to Michael's benefit, hasn't there? I think rightly so. Rightly so, in my opinion, lad. Just just for his on the course exploits, regardless of whether it was food poison or he wasn't well, he clearly wasn't well. And to put up that performance, mate, in a championship game to go three two and then back 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 home was it? Gone up to being a demigod and sort it in my eyes. Just that performance, regardless of whether it was food poison or not. One thing I didn't understand though is which shows that he must have been fabricating it slightly. In their favour, what? How would they even know that the pizzas from Michael Jordan? If you've got any wits about, yeah, you're not going to phone a pizza place and say, "Oh, I've got a pizza here for no. Michael Jordan." You just order a pizza, anything. That's it, does, it. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up, lad. Pizza Gate doesn't add up at all for me. It really. Bit does. mad, but I was thinking about what. Well, if, if, if it was food poisoning, was it like? One of Pancho's pew pizzas from Daisy Sanchez. <laughs> I like to gamble. Those boys like to gamble, didn't they, mate? Maybe we should lower our sights a bit in terms of guests, Popey. Maybe, maybe ex Daisy Sanchez members might be more our uh, more our level. You think rather than Kevin Campbell? I have seen Kevin Campbell's on Sky Sports News tomorrow morning, well, eleven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, since we mentioned him, I don't think he's seen more more headlines and more coverage. To be honest with you, <laughs> all he seems to do is podcasts apart from ours. But just staying on, staying on the last dance for a bit, lad. I thought, yeah. Again, finally, a little bit of credit for Jerry Kraus from Scotty Pippen. Christ Almighty, it took it took ten episodes. It took ten hours, didn't it? Well, I was going to mention here because he didn't even get a mention, did he, in episodes nine and ten until that point? Mm. It was a sort of a tongue in cheek. Did you not see a, a smirk after he'd said it, or do you think it was just credit where it's due through gritted teeth? I just think it. I just think it's outrageous how he's just been painted black and white as as the villain of the piece. Really, I, honestly, lad, I heard them. Um, have you seen the talking Ed Aldridge? He's been popping up through the documentary Chicago Journalist. He was on, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he yeah. was on with Tony Kornheiser the other day. He was just talking about Jerry Krause. How they just haven't spoke about how much of a, a pioneering GM he was. He basically had. The first non-ex big basketball star, a black guy in his front office in a high position. He had one of the first female positions for his front office. Uh, an ex-player who was tremendous at scouting college kids before the draft. He's not giving any credit, is he, for the whole for the whole of the series? Like he's clearly clearly on MJ's list along with who else did he put on it? Brian Russell, was it the Utah rookie? When I was playing baseball, Utah's in town to play the Bulls. They're practicing at the facility. I go over and say hello to John and Carl. And this kid, Brian Russell, comes up to me and says, man, why you quit? Why you quit? Man, you knew I could guard your ass. I couldn't, you, you had to quit. I said, Carl, you need to talk to this dude, man. Nah, he's just a young rookie. 
But from that point on, he's been on my list. Brian's a very playful guy, and uh, he said things all the time. I have no doubt Michael had a number of edges that he could have sharpened for whatever reason. I knew how he played. You know, he, he played on his front of his toes. Give him head and shoulder fake, go one way, he can't stop. Do you think he's still compiling that list? Scotty Pippen sounds like he's made his way to it now, doesn't he? Been a lot of fallout from Pippen. Got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, MJ. I need to even have a list. Surely he hasn't got a list post-basketball, but who knows? But on, on Jerry Krause, though, would you not say he's fortuitous, though, to be general manager at a time that his, his organisation's got Michael Jordan? Do you not think Michael Jordan, regardless of the organisation, would have had the success he had at the Bulls? Do you not think that plays a huge part? Possibly, possibly. Does Michael Jordan have the success without Phil Jackson? Changing his game, making him more of a team player to a degree? Yeah, I, th I think I think Michael Jackson would have... Michael Jackson again? Jesus Christ, what's going on? I've lost it, yeah. We're not going to analyse that fucking HBO doc, are we? Analyse it, more like it. <laughs> Um, anyway, I think Michael Jordan would have been successful regardless of the organisation. I think he would have won multiple, multiple, multiple championships regardless of Phil Jackson, Jerry Krause or the Chicago Bulls. But on the subject of Phil Jackson, what the fuck? I didn't realise, mate, rightly or wrongly. After his success with the Bulls, he then went on to win five championships with the Lakers. Yeah, I, mean, I know that. I didn't know, I didn't know. it. Shut up, lad, honestly. No, we had Kobe no, and Shaq no. and... Yeah, oh mate, Phil Jackson was was the boy. I knew Phil Jackson as the Lakers coach before I knew him as, as the Bulls coach, really, lad, to be honest with you. Yeah, obviously. He's got to be the GOAT, then, Annie. He's got to be the GOAT. 11, 11 NBA titles as a coach. It's outrageous, isn't it? Obviously, he won two. It's outrageous. Well, and I think. It, I'm behind Jerry Krause, aren't I? Obviously. I, I've, I've took that really? position and I'm, I'm staying behind it. I do think Phil could have been the man for the rebuild, couldn't he? But apparently another thing that Aldridge said is that Jerry was obsessed with the old Boston Celtics general manager and he won championships with three complete different teams. He fancied a rebuild to kind of show that he could he could do it himself, you know, he could with three different with three different teams. So yeah, yeah. So he, let, he, let, he let his ego get in the way, basically. He wanted to obviously prove that he could do it without Likes of Jordan and Phil Jackson, which ultimately he couldn't. No. Which no. he's trying to dress up to tarnish his legacy a little bit. But on the subject of Phil Jackson, credit where it's due, obviously the success he's had. But then, would you not say, because there's an argument to be made, he's he's managed Michael Jordan and he's, he's managed Kobe Bryant, two of the greatest players of all time. Not only that, Kobe had Shaq. They're two of the best duos of all time, and obviously Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen. So is he, a bit, is he a bit fortuitous to that extent, or have you still got to give him a huge amount of credit? I suppose you've got to, but there could be an argument to be made to be made that, okay, he's, he's been, been a bit fortunate, the fact that he's coached the players he has. Well, this, you know is, I mean? this is always the criticism with basketball coaches, isn't it
They're seen as far more disposable than a baseball coach than an NFL coach, aren't they? I mean, they say that basically basketball players and especially stars coach themselves. LeBron was basically the coach, they reckon, was calling plays, wasn't he, and whatnot, uh, for Cleveland in their championship run. So, wow, okay, that's mad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. For me, looking at his methods and how he dealt with the team and how he galvanised and how he brought those ancient Indian um, practices in, I thought the, the way he dealt with the Rodman going to Nitro, going to WCW situation was just... That might have been the highlight of the whole show for me, seeing Dennis Rodman put a chair over fucking Diamond Dallas Page's back. as your tag team partner, you are guaranteed victory. Four times world champion, six times rebounding champion. We called my mother a few minutes ago and told her we already beat him up, that we already won, because it's in the house, brah. See, Hogan lying to his mother. You know, the outsiders got me on my toes. They told me to change with the time. They brought me up to speed. I love those guys. And my man, the six-pack, he can do it all night long. But they did it for us last night. And tonight, me and Rodman decided that we're going to flush that no-good stinky giant out in flexi-lexi. And if they got the guts to come out here, I'm going to let Rodman beat both of them up by himself right here tonight. How about that? Okay, that's a stupid statement. That? How about that? <laughs> and he, he took a bit of that WWE experience to the uh, to the Utah Jazz game, didn't he? Did just when they won it, he was telling the uh, the the Utah Jazz fans to suck it doing the LD Generation X. Little bit of DX, little bit of crossover yeah, to WWE. Yeah, suck it. Yeah, which which I noticed. Yeah, which was which was quite funny. Like. I thought that was incredible. So now nah, he's clearly a clever, smart, intelligent, talented guy, isn't he? Um, Phil no, Jackson. Of course, yeah, of course. But uh, one of the lads compared to Jurgen Klopp in the week. I think it was Jimmy Lee. Well, I just think I just think he's the perfect blend between Klopp and Wenger. I don't know if I've said that on, on here before, but no, no, I think he. I, I said to Jimmy, he's a lot more laid back than Jurgen Klopp. No two ways about that. So maybe that's where Wenger comes into it. Yeah. I think so. I think he's a perfect hybrid of the two coaches. Like I think he's got that laid back alternative approach as Wenger, but there's there's definitely enough fire in there. And I was listening to um, someone sent me Paulie Paul, loyal listener, uh, old mate of mine. He sent me a clip of Billy Corgan, the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins, Chicago lad, Bulls fan. Yeah. Real Vegas buddy of Dennis Rodman's, like, used to go out and get on the aisle with Rodman. After one of the championship games, pretty similar to the to the WCW situation, a billionaire flew them out to Vegas. I think he was telling this on, on the Rogan podcast. I don't know if it was recent or it was an old clip. But he, I think I've seen it, actually. Have yeah, you I mean, seen it where, where, he, where he flew them out to, flew them out to Vegas? For eight, yeah. for eight hours, came back and then Robin went back, flew commercial back the next day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and Billy, during, this is during the, uh, the NBA Championship with the Utah Jazz. How insane, how insane is that? And then, unfortunately for Corgan, he's playing crazy golf with his family, trying to get over his hangover and who's on the uh, the next hole from him, Phil Jackson. <laughs> Giving him the stink eye. Never affected his performances, so he was he, 
Jackson knew how to coach. Rodman ultimately, and that that shown in his, his performances. There was never dip, never any dip. He was still a dominant defensive force that he always was. Like, but um, what do you make of the fallout with Pippen, lad? Pippen seems absolutely fuming, doesn't he? I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was betrayed in a, in a negative light, apart from the fact he's got a massive head, like, and he probably eats his meals out of a nose bag. Well, I just think. Well, that's just more genetics than uh, than, than, than than anything to do with Michael Jordan. Well, you, can, you know what he's moaning about. Thinking, You know what he's moaning about. You mentioned Horace Grant there. I listened to Horace Grant on a podcast, and he was basically saying, "What was the point?" I, I thought it was a Michael Jordan documentary. What was the point in including the um, the one point eight shot where he refused to come in and Kukoc took the shot? What What was the point in in showing that? I mean, you can't tell. That bull story sum up that era without showing that sort of clip, can you? Unfortunately, for controversy. Scotty. Yeah, there's got to be controversy in there. I don't know. It's, have you actually? Because because I'm 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 quite suspicious, mate, of, of, of sort of news in, in in general and in terms of how it's circulated. And, and obviously, there's a lot of fake news out there. So unless I actually excuse the pun, heard <laughs> it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> In terms of Pippen and his frustrations, stuff that's written in an article, I'd, I'd always be a little bit sceptical about. So what have you seen, just just stuff which has been written, or have you actually seen Scott, Scotty Pippen? The likes of Kornheiser and, and Wilbon, old, old So time. reliable sources. Yeah, then, massively reliable sources. They are alluding that Pippen isn't happy. He is really, really not happy. And it was even on Sky Sports News today, it was you know one of the flash-up articles in the corner, Pippen... Something like Pippen absolutely disgusted or fuming with Michael Jordan over portrayal, by all accounts. Why? Like, what? He said he's his best teammate he's ever had. I, I don't ah, get that. I know. Could, couldn't have won anything without him. You've done those things, Scotty. The, the, the problem with Scotty Pippen is it sounds like for the most part, for like 99% of his career, he was the most selfless teammate. He was very much the number two. He was propping up Jordan. But then there's, there's the Tony Kukoc bitchiness. There's the 1.8 seconds not coming in to take the shot. There's the migraine, unfortunately. These things happened and, and they have to they be happened. documented. They happened, exactly. It's not fabricated. They happened at the end of the day. He refused to go out against the next 1.8 on the shot clock. He admitted that in the documentary. These are words from his mouth. So these are things like you just said that have happened. It's, it's, it's not sort of being fabricated to me, all right, he might, he might feel as though he's been portrayed negatively, but it's not something that i come across to me. Like, what did you, one of your, uh, uh, one thing I picked up on, which I'm guessing you did as well, yeah, uh, one of your questions was answered in, uh, I think, episode 10. What, what, was uh, what music Jordan listens to? Oh, yeah, it was it. What was the name? Kerry Lattimore. Kerry Lattimore, absolutely. Have you, have, you, have you had a chance to listen to it? No, have you had a go yourself? He's just like a typical old 90s R&B um, American artist. Brilliant. Very much music. So what are we talking? Are we talking like kind of salt and pepper vibes, Tony Braxton? Are we going down? Oh, no, not that street, not that ghetto. Really? A bit, like, a bit like Andy Abraham of uh, X Factor fame in the UK. The bin man? Not great. Oh, wow. Okay. How about, I think we should maybe put a Michael Jordan Spotify playlist together. Do you want me to do that? We'll get it out there. We can do I thought you'd know a bit of Kenny Lassimore, as I say. I don't know it. I was thinking you, you, you and your missus were possibly playing in the background during your Donald Trump role plays. <laughs> I'm thinking of getting. No. I think they're getting the rubber mask for the uh, for the reunion. The Trump rubber mask. <laughs> Go the full edge. But not. But not great. Yeah, Kenny Lattimore. I think he had a short-lived career. To be honest with you. Uh, yeah, a bit weak. Then to you, 
was it lad how amazing was it to see to see him on the piano speaking of music just celebrating just letting well not letting his hair down but you know what i'm saying at the end when they'd when they'd finally won it it, it got me thinking lad. yeah brilliant of course with the cigar and then that how much it's mad in it how much i, I don't know that it's necessarily bear in mind this was 22 years ago and i don't know whether obviously we live in a different world now in 2020 but how much exposure there is to the press so that all his press were in his hotel room, which yeah. to me is a little bit invasive. But I don't know whether that's me speaking as a thirty-five year old man in two thousand and twenty. Do you know what I mean? Rather than than, than back in ninety eight. That might have been the norm. But I can't imagine us winning the European Cup there and you Jordan Henderson in his uh, in his hotel room with all the press around him. I, I think they'll have probably got a slot. They'll have probably gone, look, okay, let's do some photo ops. Let's do a little half an hour, let's do an hour. And then the party would uh, would really kick off and it got me thinking, lad. I honestly think, you know, like you're saying there, unless you press, unless you're on the staff, unless you're Michael Jordan, I feel like the only way or the closest you can get to experiencing that, if you're not involved in it, in an employment element, is 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 gambling. Is if you back a team outright, anti-post, and you have that yes. full journey with them. I've had it a few times. I've had it with the Red Sox. I had it with the Rams right through the season. I know they, they fell short of the Patriots. I had the 49ers last year. It's exactly, lad. Do you not think that's, that's as close as you get to it? And if you can somehow, like I went to the World Series game one in Boston, didn't I, a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, that's mad, yeah. I feel like that is as, that's as close as you can get, lad. It, it is gambling. If you can invest early, if you can clock yeah. something and go, right, I fancy them for the season and you can get on the road with them, that's as, that's as close as you can get is gambling. It's uh, well, I, I, I'm a massive advocate of anti-post betting. You you sort of got me onto it, to be honest with you. Um, like I mentioned, albeit not the end result I was hoping for, I had a lot of interest last year. The 49ers, basically, you you place in the best at the start of the season. In football, it's longer. Obviously, there's only I think 16 regular season games in the NFL, but it's still you've still got four months worth of action there yeah. where you're basically you're effectively a 49ers fan, or in your case, a I know you're generally a Red Sox fan anyway, but a Rams fan just for that season. Yeah. So I was invested in stress with there financially. And it's uh, I love anti-post betting, especially if you if you get your money's worth from it, which you, you more off more than often do if you if you if you pick it. Not even not even necessarily if you pick the right selection. You, you you've got interest in it throughout the whole season. And obviously you're saving money just for that one anti-post bet that whatever it be, a lump sum or whatever stakes you bet in, you've got interest for the full season. And so I'm yeah. certainly a massive advocate of it. Going back to the um, last dance mate, Carmen Alexa, you know, she's a great nick, isn't she still? She is, she's still, she's, she's still fine. I think she's getting better with age, you know, like a fine wine. Somebody who wasn't looking as fantastic was, uh, was Larry Bird. I said to our mate Matty, you know, Matty Staples, I said, yeah. it just doesn't seem right, it doesn't seem logical that, um, 
that Larry Bird and, and Alan Iverson could have played the same sport, does it? <laughs> Just on appearance. I mean, what's he look like, lad, Larry Bird? He's a mess. He's slowly morphing into Cyril Sneer. Remember the cartoon character, Cyril Sneer? <laughs> he looks like Big Bird. No, Cyril Sneer, get on it. I'll be, a, I'll be a slightly less attractive version. If you're at your laptop now, just type in, go open up the Google page and type in Cyril Sneer. Absolutely double of Get those blasted birds off my antenna! I can't get the financial report! But, sir, you're not supposed to watch that. You're supposed to get some rest. Rest? <laughs> How can I rest with all this quiet? This silence is driving me crazy. If it wasn't for those pesky raccoons, I'd be a well man today. Well, calm down, sir. Remember what the doctor said. Don't even think about them. Huh? Don't worry about me. I'm steady as a rock. Speaking of uh, the last dance and going on to bookies and betting as well, how many Chicago bookies has he wiped out, lad? Michael Jordan. How many fucking small-time and independent bookies? It's, um, yeah, I, I suppose as well, but, well, realistically, most of those Chicago bookmakers, you think, are going to be Chicago Bulls fans. Is it, um, so it's, yeah, it's also the balance between fan and, and bookie, really, isn't it? But, yeah, he, he must have absolutely cleaned them out. He must have rinsed them, lad. He must have rinsed them. Another funny takeaway, lad. You're not even going to believe this. And to mention one of our upper mates, John Mullen. <laughs> Did you see? Oh, yeah, Mullen Mullen's quite a regular fixture on this uh, this podcast. Gets a gets a few shouts out to Mullen. He is, and he's a regular listener. He um, did you see Reggie Miller talking about his team and them being the better the better side than the Chicago Bulls when they faced off? I did. Chris Mullen is a direct relation to John Mullen. He's an Irish fella. No way, I'm not having that. <laughs> Honest to God. He's like Mullen's dad's fifth cousin or something like that. Back from the old country. How crazy. There you go. There's our first guest. Chris Mullen? Lad, that's a shout. You know, maybe we could reach out and get Chris Mullen on. I think so, yeah. I think we've got more chance than Kevin Campbell. Well, Currents as well. Just whilst we're talking about, obviously, the last stands. So you probably have to get him on within the next week or so. Yeah. Before um, basketball uh, is a bit of an afterthought. He's absolutely bombed us, Kevin Campbell, like, unfortunately. I don't know if he's seen... Maybe he's dipped in and listened to a couple of the episodes, did some of your old Blue Boys talk, possibly. I don't know, but he's bombed us. Like oh, Chicken Nugget, yeah. I thought he would have fancied the, uh, a little set too with, uh, with myself. On the, uh, on the subject of uh, the Blue Boys, I didn't mention them last week, so I thought that would be a, a, an apt opportunity, yeah. really. I'd, uh, I've been monitoring our um, Instagram page, obviously yeah. not having... Instagram account myself, just going through uh, Louise's Instagram and so, sort of uh, monitoring more so how many people are following or, in, in our case, how many people are not following the page. Um, I didn't really appreciate the fact that you'd, uh, you'd put Blue Mick up. Um, I'm, I'm quite keen to know what Blue Mick's story is. Regardless of what his story is, I'd be quite keen for you to, to, to sort of keep that nonsense off the page. What? Well, because it was Everton themed, or just you? You, you went. No, no, because it was Everton themed. Just, just looking at the individual. We don't want to be uh, getting investigated by Operation Utree, do we? Oh my god! <laughs> 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 You're gonna go there on Blue Mick, are you? Yeah. Do you know what? He's a fucking. Come on, lad. Well, who walks around first of all in a? I think any any adult male, female, whatever, any adults of any kind above the age of. 
or whatever, adult, when he accosts and others, is 16, 18, to be walking around in any sort of memorabilia which is affiliated to a certain club, so whether it's a Liverpool or an Everton jacket, a Liverpool or an Everton top for the game, is just suspect to say the least. Mm, so I... that's like straight away. And then he's carrying around the Rapid Vienna hat in his jacket and pictures. Something doesn't add up there, mate. Bit suspect to say the least. So uh, if you could take the blue mid post down uh, and yeah, keep any any future blue mid posts off the page, then uh, that would be much appreciated and will probably keep us out of the courts. Do you not think it's it's nice to have a little sporting story, a little bit of insight, a little bit of personal accounts? No, I thought we'd obviously get on to Istanbul this week. Would it be in the fifteen year no, anniversary? It's, it's not. It's not a slight against Everton. You put Everton stuff on there, but I'm more than happy for you to do so. But. Looks like a strange individual, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, he's... I thought by what he was carrying round on him. <laughs> you know, you've got to admit yourself, come on. Okay. You're going to remain diplomatic, aren't you, living in the villages he is and all. I yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think he's had his trials and tribulations o- over the years, Mick. He's an interesting character. Evidently so. But... He was an ex-football hooligan, apparently by all accounts. He's he's lived a bit of a life. I've had some, I've had some good talks with him over the years. Some funny stories, and I, I think it, I think it might be a running feature, Popey. Maybe once every fortnight. I, I, okay, interesting. A story okay. from a story from Blue Mix, Blue Mix past maybe every couple of weeks. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Also ich habe ihn gefragt, was ist denn sein Geheimnis? Er hat jetzt zehnmal getroffen, übrigens die drei Superstars, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi und Neymar, nur sechsmal zusammen. Also äh, harte Arbeit. Äh, das, ähm, I didn't say that, but okay. Sorry? I didn't say that, you said that, but okay. okay. After the final whistle, you and the whole teammates, you were going to the south stand, the famous yellow wall, which was empty today, of course. Uh, why did you do that? Uh, why not? Um, so uh, what do you estimate for the rematch? Is it a kind of message you want to send out? Yes. Would you tell us a message? To my fans. To They're our fans. They're everything for you and for Borussia Dortmund. It is. Thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. So your most important goals tonight? These two goals? In your career? Um, uh, yeah, you could say so. <laughs> so, best luck. Thank you. Uh, did you catch any footy the weekend, lad? I quite enjoyed the Bundesliga, if I'm going to be honest. I thought the Dortmund game was great. I thought there was there was certainly more noise than there used to be a hybrid back in the fucking day. I thought the benches, <laughs> good intensity. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it, mate. It went well, mate. It passed. I think it was a success. And then obviously that, that fills you with slightly more hope that the Premier League and other leagues will be uh, resumed on the back of... Obviously, it's a very small sample size and they'll keep monitoring it over the next couple of, couple of weekends. I think so far so good. Uh, caught a bit of it, yeah. More so caught the highlights than anything else. Did what you make of it? Uh, did you catch Harlan's interview or uh, interview, or have you seen Harlan interview in general? And Mark Davis sent me some clips on Harlan getting interviewed. So, <laughs> what, 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 what's your take, good or bad? Are you into it? I, I, my thoughts. I wasn't really into it, which is probably against everything I've ever stood for because I usually like that little bit of a sort of bad boy. But I don't know. I, I think it works more so for when you're a rock god like Liam Gallagher. So it's very much sort of a Liam Gallagher-esque interview, certainly in his younger days at Oasis. I don't know whether it works as well with the, with the sportsman as it does a rock star or a rock god, you see. I don't well, know. Well, we've sat there here moaning that we don't get enough out of our, our, our soccer players, so to speak. Um, and now, you know, you get a little bit of something different here with Haaland, just absolutely stonewalling interviewers and, and you're not into it. 
No, like you've just said, it's it, it, uh, what my thoughts, it's, it's not lost on me. Uh, it's a height of hypocrisy to a certain extent. But yeah, it, it's going against everything I've ever stood for and believed. And I don't know, I'm just there with his little blonde side parts. And I don't know, when he's as good as he is, he can afford to back it up with interviews such as that. But maybe when you've been doing it for a bit longer, maybe. I don't know, but I'm guessing you're a, a big fan of it. I'm right behind it, like, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's cold as ice. He's cold as ice in front of goal. He's cold as ice in front of the cameras. I, I'm into it big time. Yeah. Keeping it keeping it on football. Have you catched any of uh, Harry's heroes this week on ITV? Well, I was going to say to you, lad, arguably Harry heroes, the more emotional, the more hard-hitting documentary than The Last Dance, you think? Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I think it's certainly ITV's answer to The Last Dance. But I just think the juxtaposition of Harry's heroes next to The Last Dance just epitomises the difference, really, between US and UK television. I was a fan, mate. I felt it, it, it filled a void for me. It was, it was like having methadrone after heroin, really. Me and you have always been massive fans of US television, less so UK television. And if you just, yes, yeah, that, that was sort of epitomised it for me. But if you look at it over the years, contrast between American television to, to UK television. So they've had, they've had Tony Soprano, we've had Phil Mitchell, uh, they've had friends. We've had two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. I think I'd rather go with Ralph Little on that one. And then, dare I say it, they've had Oprah Winfrey and we've had Trisha Goddard. Oh, yeah, I thought all roads do tend to lead back to Trisha Goddard, but you don't, don't they? So, and anyone who is any good in England fucks off to the States, such as Hugh Laurie, um, Dominic West, uh, James Corden, who I'm guessing you're not a fan of, but yeah, I don't know. Trisha Goddard. The last dance for me. I don't really entertain UK television as a whole, to be honest with you. And I don't think I've really done so since Brookside all them years ago. I can't believe what you have done. Well, you have well and truly finished me off. Good style. Do you know that? Yeah, well, it's what you deserved. What I deserved? I have never worked so hard in all my life. And you go and tell Karen I'm a fraud. God only knows what she must be thinking. Is that all you care about? What she might think? I am not carrying on with her. I only lie to you because you kick off every time my name's mentioned. You gave me no choice. It's all my fault now, is this? Karen is my head of department, for God's sake. Of course I'm going to speak to her if I run into trouble. That's what she's there for. What about today? Me seeing her in a pub. What was all that about? That's the pub all the teachers go to in term time. I had me dinner there every Friday. With her? Yes, with her, sometimes. We arranged to meet so we could have a gab before we went into school. I lied to you because I know how insecure you get. I didn't want you getting all paranoid over nothing. And this is the thanks I get. Even if I have got it wrong about you and Karen, I still don't regret telling her, you know. And if I am paranoid, Jimmy, is this any wonder when our whole life is based on lies? Mm, I, I know. I was, I was that. I mean, yeah, as you say, production values left a lot to be desired, didn't they? Some of the players they were drafting in last minute, Andy Gray, was his old Palace player, was he, or something? Shite. Alan Kennedy must be knocking on 70. He got the big Jeopardy up, though, didn't he? He was only on for about five minutes. Didn't he have nine players going into the final game at one point when they were doing the weight checks? I do think the... Uh, the bits with Mason and Leandri were, were fantastic, though, lad. And it, it's weird, isn't it? It's a bit of a roller coaster of a um, tone, production-wise. It goes from, like, 
you know, you're floating along having candy floss on fucking Blackpool Fair to psychoanalysis of Lee Hendry's suicide attempt. It's, it's, it's quite back and forth, isn't it? It was, yeah, it was a bit mad. Like, so you, you've, you know, Paul Mason yourself. I did. Well, I did. I did, yeah. And I, I know Paul. I was at a few sportsmen's dinners. I actually ended up on the, uh, on the pistol about five o'clock in the morning when I'm in witness many moons ago. Okay. Great fella. So you, were very, you were very supportive of his illness then, yeah? Doesn't paint you in a great light, does it? I, I, on it? I think I was going through my own my own issues at the time, to be honest with you, Popey. <laughs> he could potentially could be an angle for a guest there, Mason. Obviously, it might, might be more suited for the uh, for the mind map, I'm, I'm guessing more so than uh, this nonsense of a, of a podcast. I was oh. thinking that, but maybe, maybe he'd come and talk about his old days and how he got over his gambling, because... As I say, I feel like we are, you'd have a duty when you're doing a, a gambling broadcast to look at the, the problematic side of things. I know you totally disagree with that, Popey, as a, as a William Hill shareholder. <laughs> oh, let's talk about William Hill shares, eh, buddy? What are they now, about £1.30 a share? Yeah, lad, they've gone right up, haven't they? And you enlightened me that it's because of a 150 million tax rebate, was it? That'll do nicely, yeah, on, the, uh, on those machines, what we call the FBLC machines. Um, which obviously they reduced stakes, didn't they? The government's to two quid from 100 quid, I think, last year, but they were overtaxed on it, apparently. Yeah. So, oh, William Hill, yeah, laddies, Coddle, everyone, really. But I think the first to be paid out to William Hill and GVC Holdings, who were responsible for Labbrooks and Coral. yeah. Nice, I think, £350 million turnout between the, the two firms, yeah, of which William Hill's meant to be getting 150 which more than makes up for the losses, during, uh, during lockdown, so that'll do nicely. Couldn't raise it really, could you? I still think it's probably as it is, £1.26 or whatever. I think that's that's around the price that Fred snapped up his... Uh, how much did Fred take? Did he take about £50 million worth of shares? Popey Just ridiculous, yeah. It, it equates to like a 3% share in the business. I think uh, it's still I, I think it's still probably value. And I've actually had a few people ask, how have you done it? How do you do that? Because we're not stock market guys, are we, by, by any stretch? Depends whether you want to go for uh, growth or value. Yeah, you know, we've got hundreds of mutual funds. Supposed to push with best sticks. I was just giving them alternatives. Shit! Best sticks is our pick of the week. Why? It's got a three million float, the competition's robust, and their technology's two years behind. Your stock's a dog. Hey, I'm still the manager here. This is unacceptable. Where's Moltisanti? I'm gonna make a call. You think I don't know who really runs this operation, huh? Get back in your fucking office. Anybody else got a problem with Wabistics? <clears throat> <clears throat> You can't. So people listening to it's people who've listened to the show then asked you how we've got about it. Yeah, about the likes of Nige and that say, you know, you know, what what's the sketch with these with these William Hill shares like? And we have kind of um recommended them, haven't we? It's 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 quite straightforward, really. If you if you've got a bank account, you can kind of do it through your bank account. I know Halifax offer a share deal and account. It can be open within five or ten minutes and choose to buy the amount of shares or the amount of money you want to spend on them. There'll be a small yeah. fee. Off you go. Yeah, you can buy them. I've gone with uh, Hargreaves Lansdowne. Okay. Uh, that's the form I use, which was pretty easy. You just download the app. Yeah, just, just fill in a few details. I 
and then buy them and away you go. And then I just basically check it once or twice a day through the app just to see how they're getting on. But then you can also just Google, can't you, the share price and see it sort of fluctuate that way. I think it's about the only decent thing we've tipped so far, isn't it, William L? (laughs) Certainly filled the void, though, hasn't it, during the, yeah, sort of the non-sporting months that we've been living in. But I think, I think certainly within the next two months, I'm confident that they'll be back up to about around about two quid a share in the next couple of months. Once sport resumes, I'll be uh, I'll be fairly confident of that. And looking at the trajectory over the last month or so, I'd say that's sort of, sort of trending towards that. Any other sport catching your eyes, lad? I, I know um, I've been finding myself slowly, slowly, like we spoke about last week, slipping over to the UFC. I must have watched. I watched all of Saturday's card again um, on the Sunday morning. I haven't seen a bad fight, lad. Honestly, I, I, really, yes. I, you're a fan. You're very much converted, then. I think I watched 16 fights in the last couple of weeks, something along those lines. I've not seen a bad one. Whether it's been rangy Polacks, black girls with afros, it's just so competitive. You, you'd only have to look at the odds sheet, and you know that was meant to be a big, big shock the other week. Tony Ferguson getting beat, one of the big stars in the sport. He was he was four to seven favourites. You know what I mean? I'm surprised you didn't put him up. <laughs> Tempting, very tempting. Like I would have picked him probably out of the two as well. Uh, he looked a big price for someone who, who's renowned as such a star in the sport. Like I mean, you look yeah. at Frank Warren cards in the past, lad. I think he put a card on once in the Echo Arena. Um, it was called the Magnificent Eight. I think it was called or the Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Eight, maybe. I think accumulated all his fighters were the favourites. Accumulated, it didn't come up to even money. How? <sighs> How can you expect people to pay pay per view and and buy tickets to go and watch? Because they do, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was a sellout, and I'm sure they got decent enough figures on, on box office. That's the that's the reality of it. And whilst that remains to be the case, then I think they're gonna, there's, there's not going to be any any need for them to change. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Maybe more in America, and as is the case with everything, you know, America tends to lead everything. So I think if changes to come with boxing, it will happen. First of all, in America, where UFC is obviously based, uh, and then UFC's got more of a market share boxing in America than ours in the UK. But I can't see at the end, leading from the front on this one. I well, think while he's making his money and he's continues to sell out arenas, I think he'll continue to do what he's doing. How often? So, how often can we watch these Hungarian lads come over to fight Joe Cordinas and Josh Kelly's of the world? I, 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 now I've seen the other side a little bit. Now, now don't get me wrong, lad. I'm a boxing man. For me, I know that they're highly talented, the UFC guys, and it's massively impressive to have different bits of different codes and, and different conducts. But, yeah, you know, once you've seen how competitive it is, every fight, they're just thrown in there. There's no emphasis on keeping your own. It's not about remaining undefeated. And that culture since yeah. Floyd Mayweather, that's everything in boxing. It's protecting a record. It's protecting a fighter. Eddie does it mm. with, his own, with his own fighters. You know, it, it, yeah. he'll... Even his in-house fighters, the ones he prefers more. I think we've seen it in Callum Smith's last fight. I thought John Ryder absolutely took it clearly. Yeah, because like, again, you'd back John Ryder, so I think that's more pocket talk than anything else. Yeah, possibly. Himself. Yeah, I have backed John Ryder at twenty to one. He was eight to eleven at the final bell. You know what I mean? For him to win a, I think it was a unanimous decision, wasn't it? He won on on the on the final cards. Uh, something's got to give, and and Dana White does actually have a registered boxing company. You know that's kind of been on the back burner for the last couple of years. I think maybe will it take something like Dana getting involved, some some new blood to kind of. I think he was a semi pro boxer, you know, Dana White, out of Boston. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, I, I've heard Oscar De La no, I, I, I've read a bit of a backstory to him. I think he was a semi pro boxer, and he owed the Boston mob 
Tom Whitey Bulger and his boys' money. They had to escape Boston. You know, the debts of their own people. Okay. So I to the West Coast and then got in with somebody uh, and then started sort of MMA or the UFC from that, you see. But yeah, I think he's from a boxing background, like, yeah. He loves boxing, like. I think his son's a boxer as well, by all accounts. It's a very different account, that, to what Oscar De La Hoya called him. I think he called him a a juiced up aerobics teacher. They've been beefing over Twitter, I think, <laughs> over the last over the last few years. First of all, Oscar De La Hoya is like 50 years old. Okay? He's like 48. 48 yeah, or 49 yeah. years old. Yeah. And and what that means to me, you you know that me and Oscar used to be cool. Yeah. The the beef with me and Oscar is, is that I used to promote his fights and say, hey, Oscar's got a good fight on tonight, you know, da da da. We do McGregor versus uh, Mayweather, and he tells people not to watch it. It's a disgrace to boxing. But wait a minute. So Mayweather versus McGregor is a disgrace to boxing, but you versus uh, uh, McGregor isn't? What, what it tells me is when almost 50-year-old Oscar De La Hoya wants to fight Conor McGregor, it means he's broke. <laughs> he wants, he he wants the money. money. But that just brings me on to boxing, lad, you know. Dana's talking about putting Masvidal and uh, McGregor on an island, possibly. Boxing's looking at Holyfield, Tyson Free, and Shannon oh, Briggs. Sad. So sad. Eddie Ains, Eddie Ains building a, a ring in his fella's garden. I mean, oh, what's oh, going on, lad? I'm really worried I'm, for the sport that, I, that I've loved since I've been four or five, you know? I've I, I seen this morning as well, Andy Josh, was backing uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, to come back. Which, which for me just just tells me everything I need to know and 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 and, and what I've suspected Anthony Joshua to be all these years anyway. He's just he's very much the poster boy of, of certainly British British boxing, even whale boxing. He's too PC for me and not enough of an edge, not a, not a, enough of a character. So if, if you've got anything about yeah, he's how can you sort of how can you back that in any way? Mike Tyson at the age of fifty three to return to the ring. Did the people forget his sort of his last five or six fights as a professional and the absolute mess that he was? Kevin so McBride, Kevin McBride. He's now a vegan and he's seen him do a bit of pad training in the gym. Do you think it's sensible and it's good for the sports that the once great Mike Tyson return in any capacity is just is it's fucking mad, isn't it? I don't it's know. Mad. I don't know how you can see three three seconds on Instagram. I think that there should exactly. be a comeback for a guy who was absolutely fucking tits twenty years ago. Toast, toast, yeah, gone, the, gone at the game. So basically, if you've seen a little bit of pad work and that's it. Now for them to, to 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 basically hold judgment that he should return, it's just it's pathetic. Like you say, you've got you've got Dana White who's talking about private islands for, for for literally box office fights. Conor McGregor doesn't, by the way. No, uh, no, no, no chance at all. Masvidal will lever him. Is is a bet then? So no, this is a bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to come on to bet of the week. I want this to be my bet of the week because lazily enough, I haven't actually put one up. Sorry, and it's not paying homage to Marco, Jimmy, or anyone else. No, that, that Popey, well, that makes two of us. That is just not. I've got a recommendation. That that's all I can give. Brilliant. So that's going to be our bet of the week then, anyway, which we'll come on to. So we'll come on to that. We'll have a little side wager. But before we do, I've, I can't finish this episode without passing comments. On uh, the soon to be Sir Tom Moore. Yeah, I've seen that lad, and I, I thought that might rank her with you. <sighs> I've been inundated with text messages, as you can imagine. Uh, I don't know, mate. Come on, what, what's what, what's what's the world? What's the country coming to? It's just basically everyone who's put their 
life's work and to become knighted, whether it's a sir or a dame. I think in just this one gesture by making some old fella who's walking around his garden on his inner frame a sir to be knighted, I think it just renders it totally meaningless now, knighthoods going forward. So whether you're currently knighted or you're set to be knighted in the future, you're not going to be as arsed, are you? Knowing that some old fella and not no disrespect on Tom Maury's, anyone who lives set to 100, especially as a war veteran, I've got massive respect for, which people listening to this probably won't think is the case, but would a thank you, would, would, would that not suffice? Do we, do we really do we really have to go to the extent of knighting him for, for, for walking around his garden, whether it was one time or a hundred times, whether it was on his inner frame or not on his inner frame? Does the government really, really think that's, that's sensible or that it's necessary to knight him when surely a thank you or some other grand gesture would have surely sufficed? Do you, not, do you not think I've got a point here? Do you not? Surely you must see where I'm coming from. Well, I said, sure. it, was, I said it was coming, didn't I? I did say it was coming. Um, it was... Well, I knew it was coming. I, I said it all being something cheap in the podcast a few weeks ago. I said, oh, it'll be next one. What price have you got for, uh, for Tom Warren in the New Year's honours list? Or I just think, mate, it's, it's, it's just so extreme and it just sums everything that's wrong wrong about this country up just, just in, one, in, one, in one gesture. So you, so 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 you think you think Tom Moore, he is the beacon for everything that's, that's wrong in the country. That he is your scapegoat for for, what, for what you see for no, what no, you no, see no, wrong. Words in my mouth. No, 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 no. The government's and the government's decision to knight him for, for effectively. Right, he's a hundred. Respect him for that. He's a war veteran. Ultimate respect for that. Or to, to, to knight someone for effectively, I and mean, you can't say it's for his. Services to the army because in, in that case you'd have to you'd have to uh, you'd have to knight every war veteran. Ultimately, he's been knighted, but wasn't even a war. Wasn't really shuffling around his garden on a Zimmer frame in my ad. And suddenly he's raised thirty-three million. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Well done. He's got a number one, and now he's been knighted. Just the tip of the iceberg for me. There we go. Could tell you a quick story. Went to Minan Gangan, who got a mention on this. Uh, yeah. Podcast last week. Went to see you last week. Will you be wearing a jumper on, on Monday? Will you, Popey, for the uh, the four ball? Well, <laughs> I was going to say yeah, pop down for some uh, golf clubber for the uh, for the season ahead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took the boys down. I had to see her during lockdown, so we actually oh, we went on lovely. We went on a walk. So I had Dylan in the pram. Louis was on his bike, and she was on a walking stick, not his in frame walking stick. We went on a five k walk. For me, that's more impressive. Than what he's done on his inner frame. So are we are we, are we going to make Gangan? Is it going to be Dane Gangan? Is it moving forward? Where, where do you draw the line? I just think as well it potentially opens up the floodgates for other sorts of unnecessary nonsense nightclubs moving forward. Well, listen, if we can capitalise on that, there's bet markets on the says and the dames and and whatnot these days. So if you feel that's going to be the case, they're going to be throwing them out willy nilly. Jump on board, get on Joe Wicks. Why not? You could just, do the next one. I, I, I just thought many years ago, rather naively so in hindsight, the country couldn't fucking stoop any lower than having Crazy Frog as was a Christmas number one. Crazy Frog. Possibly, uh, yeah. How wrong was I? Fast forward however many years and here we are, giving lighthoods out left, right and centre. <laughs> for, <laughs> for fucking charitable acts. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's absolutely... Right here. 
right here, the hardest hitting 145 pound, the real hardest hitting 145er, right here. This guy TKOs people. When I knock people out, they don't fucking move. They're not, who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? No damn well who I am. Who the fuck is that? Damn. Oh my god. So your tip of the week, lad, I, I, I'm joining your ranks this week. I haven't got anything. There's nothing to go at. I, I can't go on a charity, charity golf match again. There's just no yeah, way. Yeah, you've been scarred. You've been burnt by that experience. So what we need to do then, Steve, for our, our best of the week is exactly what we just... We'll have a match bet. Okay. Obviously, the fight isn't even confirmed yet. So this might never happen. I'll go McGregor, you go Masvidal. Just a head-to-head. What stake do you want to go? 50 quid? Or do you want to go to 100 again? Similar to your... Uh, uh, 49ers. I think a hundred. I think a hundred. McGregor. I think he's a cam mate. I think he's a, you know, to use Jimmy Lee's term that he coined in Amsterdam. I think he's a chronic ale merchant. I don't think he's <laughs> gonna be able to get back to peak condition to take on someone of of Masvidal's size yeah. and skill. So yeah, I'm gonna take Masvidal for whenever it happens. It might be 2022. Let's have 100 quid on that between us. Eh? You take McGregor. Great virtual handshake. Yeah, I'm absolutely fucking cleaning up here, aren't I? Over the last few weeks. So the- oh, yeah, so we'll go into Ed. I go Conor McGregor. I know Cowboy Cerrone's not the best yardstick. You can't tell me he wasn't impressive, mate, during his, his comeback fight. So what was your take on it? Quickly. Well, to be honest with you, looking at Cowboy against Pettis, there was a lot left, more left in the tank than I thought. I thought he was a shot fighter looking at him against McGregor. So give McGregor credit for him to come back and put on a good show over over a few rounds with Pettis. Yeah. He's jabbed his head off and he's broke his jaw with his shoulder. He's jabbed his Mate, head off. That his shoulder was, was, was Yeah, nasty. he's finished in your eyes. Masvidal is an old, has been a journeyman. If you look through his career, yeah. he's a journeyman. Oh, I, yeah, but he... But he really falls anyone and now he's rose to prominence. He's a character. Obviously, he's got an affiliation with the Dan Lebesard show that we listen to with being from Miami. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you like what he's about. He's a character. He's certainly good for the sports. I just had to see him under the glove on McGregor. I think McGregor absolutely blitzes him, lad. And I don't think the demise of McGregor is what you're sort of making out. He's lost to Khabib, who... He's a monster. ...in that sport. But other than that, lad, you can't really knock him, all right? He lost that one to Nate Diaz in the trilogy, but he went up a stupid amount of weight. Um, I just I, I don't see how you can sort of pick holes in, in, in McGregor. As a fighter, at least. As a personality and as a man, I can see why you pick holes in him. But as a fighter, what he's done in the octagon... I just, I can't see how you pick holes in him. I think it's all about levels, as is the case in any sport. And I think he absolutely destroys him. So that'll be the easy hundred quid I make if the fight ever happens. That'll be good. We will we will see in about 26 months, I'd imagine, won't we? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Something for the, for the listeners to the, yeah, wait, uh, wait on pensively. I saw some criticism. People say the punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Why were they necessary? What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and may go back to soccer. I saw some other criticisms, perhaps, of your celebration afterwards. Any regrets at the celebration or your behavior in the cage afterwards? I, man, there's not too many people that I've disliked. I have over 50 pro fights, and he's one of them, you know. He talked about my manhood, talked about my culture, my ethnicity. Where, where do we draw? Why do certain people get to do stuff You online? So you could do anything. Everything is cool before a fight. You're allowed to do and say whatever you want. Like other fighters are not doing, talking about people's religions, wife, even kids. That's cool. But after a fight, I'm not allowed to showboat. 
and rub it in your face so you and guys like you could see it and be like, maybe I don't talk so much shit because when I cross one of these real motherfuckers, they're going to make me pay for it, man. They're going to embarrass the shit out of me. And it's not over for Ben either. He still has to deal with me. If I see him at Whole Foods, I'm going to still slap that dude up because I don't like him. But I'll give a recommendation for the weekend as well, lad, for anyone who's um, who's going to be missing the last dance, obviously. And Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to give okay. a recommendation, lad. If you'd insist. It's well, going to be, and you know it all too well, lad. It's it's Louis Farouk's one from 2007, Gambling in Vegas. Um, it, <laughs> it's one we've we've watched a few times ourselves over the years. Yeah, and it's just please. it's just an incredible insight to Davies of all ages, isn't it, really? You've got an old woman spending away her son's inheritance, addicted to slot machines. Uh, you've got a fella pre- pretending to be John Favreau from Swingers, not getting the naffness of Swingers, completely missing the joke, really, and gambling his bollocks off. It's an unbelievable watch. It's on the iPlayer, I believe. We watched it there a couple of months ago. So Louis Farouk's Gambling in Vegas is one to watch over the weekend if you're looking for a little bit of gambling activity, I reckon. My budget for the night was $500 of my own money. Feels a bit sick. I don't like it. I don't like it. You're going to like it. It's You're going to like it and we're going to win. Better.